This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals blast the Bruins. The trade deadline is today at 3 Eastern. And the Caps deal Jonas Siegenthaler to New Jersey. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, April 12th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. It was a one-sided beatdown in Beantown last night. Three goals in two minutes and 11 seconds, Ben, in the first period as the Capitals exposed the leaky defense of the Bees. They never looked back in an 8-1 to victory, and they did what they needed to do. Expose the defense, get two points, and get out of town. It was a get well game for the Capitals. We were wondering going into the road trip, John, the Capitals had dropped four of six, including a loss on home ice to the Boston Bruins. And we looked at the road trip. It started in Buffalo on Friday night. We figured that was the game where maybe the Capitals could go to work and start to feel good about themselves. They hang, they were able to hang on for the 4-3 win on Friday, but then last night against Boston, boy, from the get-go, from those three goals in the first period, from the efficiency on the power play to the offensive depth and everyone getting in on the score sheet, the play of Vitek Vanacek as well. There was a lot to like from a Capitals perspective and probably the biggest storyline, and we had touched on it right from the pregame when you looked at the lineups, when you looked at the Boston Bruins without four of their top six on D, down again to their third stringer and goal in Dan Vladar. There was an opportunity here and playing their second game in as many days. It was really an opportunity for the Capitals to go to work, take advantage on the forecheck, force Boston into turnovers, make them uncomfortable early, and they certainly did that en route to the blowout win. A lot of good for the Capitals, but they took advantage of, of what the schedule makers gave them. Yeah, no doubt. Brendan Dillon opening the game four seconds into the game, fighting with Chris Wagner, and that seemed to be a spark. Nine different players found the score sheet in the first three goals that were scored. A heck of a goal by Nick Dowd in the second period. And Ben, you mentioned the get well part. All 12 forwards with points. Only three skaters for the Caps last night did not have points. Two goal nights for Eller, Oshie, and Sherry. A lot to feel good for the flight home back to Dulles. And for Lars Eller, you know what? He's been, he's been playing very well, I thought Lars Eller has over the past couple of weeks. Saw some time elevated up the depth chart uh, a week or two ago on the top line for a little bit with Ovechkin. But for him to get a couple of goals, it's got to feel good as well. He hadn't scored since March 30. He had missed some time since then due to a lower body injury and a personal matter. But in the games he had played, he had gone 11 straight without finding the back of the net. So he scores twice, so good on him. And, you know, you look at the road trip as a whole, dating back to the goal that Verona scored on Friday night against the Buffalo Sabres. He picked up another assist in this game on the power play. So certainly uh, a number of players, you know, continuing to to produce and, and get, get their names on the stat sheet. So confidence builders all around, and we'll see if that now carries over as they head home for the uh, the brief homestand here. We will get to the scoreboard later in the show, but the Capitals needed the win to keep pace with the Islanders, who are still tied at the top. Pittsburgh still nipping at their heels. And this is one of the best days in my mind on the hockey calendar. The trade deadline is always fun for fans. It's fun for media. It's fun for really everybody except the general manager and the players, I guess, and figuring out who goes where and what moves are made. And given where the Capitals are right now, in first place, and looking to potentially improve. The deadline is at three today. You and I have talked a lot about this day coming. It is now here. Three Eastern today, pencils down, we're done. 
So having said that, the Capitals dealing Jonas Siegenthaler yesterday to New Jersey for a third-round draft pick. It was originally Arizona's pick in the third round, the deal that sent Taylor Hall to the desert. This is the pick that came back. Now it belongs to Washington, but it also been frees up salary cap room. The Caps had almost nothing in salary cap space until Ponick on waivers. Now they've got a little more room. We saw in the Nick Foligno trade yesterday, you can be pretty creative. Toronto's only taken on 25% of his salary once you run it through essentially a money launderer in San Jose where you can, uh, okay, take part of that and take part of our trash and then you can give us something back. They didn't want Stefan Mason and something for everybody in the deal. But for the Caps on this day and on this morning as we head toward 3 o'clock, what do they need? What are we looking for? And what are your thoughts? Well, I'll say that this is Brian McClellan's seventh trade deadline. He'll be working as the GM in each of the previous six. He's gone out and acquired a defenseman, be it a depth defenseman like a Tim Gleason or a Mike Weber or a headliner and a Kevin Shattenkirk or a Brendan Dillon more recently. I think that that that's taking a pause this year. I think uh, defensively, barring something really surprising, they're set. The top six is spoken for, rinse, repeat the same 30, you know, same 60 the past 30 games, even the depth beyond that, whether Trevor Van Riemsdyk, et cetera, Michael Kempney hoping to work his way back in the lineup. They're set defensively. They have a whole lot of depth good on them for being in that position where they could even unload Siegenthaler to help create some salary cap space. So what might they do with that extra money? Like the goaltending has, of course, been a big talking point all year, whether they, there is an appetite, a desire to add a veteran to go along with uh, Samsonov and Vanacek, who again, between them, not a single game of Stanley Cup playoff experience. Maybe there's a desire to add a veteran there. I think maybe a more realistic option might be what we've been talking about for a little bit here, John, that depth forward, maybe not a headliner, maybe not a, a flashy name out there, but somebody who you can maybe slot in in case of emergency center depth. We saw earlier this year when Kuznetsov and Eller were both out. Sure, TJ Oshie was able to slide in there as a fill-in emergency style. I'm not sure that that's something you want to rely on if you're in the postseason. And we saw last summer in the bubble when Backstrom and Eller were out, how thin the Capitals were beyond their top four at center. Top four is terrific, but in case of emergency, in case of injury, maybe that's a position they'd like to shore up. And if it's available there, they've at least put themselves in position with a little salary cap wiggle room here where they could potentially add an asset. I thought it was interesting that in the hours and minutes leading up to the trade when Toronto acquired Nick Foligno from Columbus yesterday, that Frank Cervalli at TSN said the Capitals were in on Foligno. And that makes sense to me. He checks a lot of boxes, tough to play against, plays with an edge, uh, could be center, could be wing. And the money, I thought, when I looked at it originally, I was like, ah, might be a little tall. And then I saw the deal that was done in San Jose working as the funnel and accepting a part of the money on the way through. And I'm like, well, okay, if something like that could have happened, maybe the caps were closer than it appeared. We'll see if Brian McClellan ever says one way or the other. But someone like that, I mean, is that what we're looking for here? Potentially. I mean, salary cap circumvention at its finest right there. It's a, it's sort of a recent development. I think really last year it started to take off and Maple Leafs doing it here with the, the Nick Felino acquisition. I mean, Felino has a five and a half million dollar cap hit. They needed some assistance to make that work, but maybe that's something that the, the Capitals try to, to work out if they're looking at, you know, somebody who makes a significant amount of money and they're unable to continue to shed salary. You got to be creative. You got to get whether McClellan and his staff and Don Fishman, the capologist, in on it. It's a possibility. It's, it's certainly out there. If I'm not mistaken, last year it was smaller scale. Ilya Kovalchuk, uh, Montreal Canadiens, LA Kings, were, were still paying part of his salary as he made his way to the Capitals uh, 
before the deadline last year. So it's certainly a possibility. It's an option and something that maybe the Capitals could take advantage of. Yeah, it's uh, kind of something out of Breaking Bad this time, at least with Kovalchuk. It was, okay, this was a deal that was done long ago. This was San Jose basically just grabbing something on the way by, which is interesting <laughs> circumvention for sure. Uh, all right. so Sliding into the DMs. Yes, exactly. It's like, oh, hey, uh, looks like you guys could use some help. We could use some help too. What do you think? Uh, let's talk goaltending. Uh, some news over the weekend happening yesterday. And unfortunate, we knew it was a long shot. We now know it won't happen. Henrik Lundqvist talked last week about his doctor's appointment. He tweeted out yesterday, got the word back, still inflammation around his heart, which is tough to even hear, that he is hoping to return next season, but he will not play. He needs months of recovery time still. He will not play for the Washington Capitals, no matter how far they go in the Stanley Cup playoffs, which brings us back to Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. Then yesterday, Vanacek starting back-to-back games, which was a little unusual since it hadn't happened in over a month, going back to March 5th. Ilya Samsonov, as the trade deadline happens today, has never played three straight games, never started three straight games in his Capitals career, last season or this season. Vanacek, I thought, was really good when he needed to be. I don't know that he was overly tested last night. The Caps put that game away early. But here we are, and you brought it up on postgame last night. Where are we here uh, with two guys who both have been very good, but uh, are we just going to play down the stretch and see who rises to the top and starts game one, and we, we may not know until game one? I think we'll know before game one. I hope we know before game one. Peter Laviolette actually shared a, a, a little, little nugget in his pregame availability yesterday before the Bruins. He said he, he hopes to settle on one just before the start of the postseason. I don't know if that means when there's five games left, when there's 10 games left, that time frame was unclear, but he, he did acknowledge that the desire is to try to lean on one a little bit more before the playoffs. And I will say from Vanacek's standpoint here, really since the start of April, John, his last four starts, including last night against Boston, a three and one record. And the one loss was the one, nothing defeat against the New York Islanders last Tuesday. In his four starts here in in April, he's allowed one goal in three of the four, including last night's blowout win against Boston. Uh, So Vitek Vanacek, the the numbers are there and sample size is is growing, I guess. I mean, I I continue. I I said weeks ago, my gut feeling has always been that Ilya Samsonov will ultimately be the number one when, when the dust settles here, just for all the reasons, higher ceiling maybe, and number one pick from years ago, but the fact that Vitek Vanacek has been turned to here in the month of April, the antenna goes up a little bit and, and he's handled it and he's done well so far here. So we'll see if the ping ponging continues. If ultimately Samsonov maybe comes out on top or if what we're seeing from Vanacek here at the start of April is in fact a sign of things to come because he's had the, the bulk of the word here of late and is handling it just fine. See, moving forward, certainly some questions going to be answered about other components of the team by 3 o'clock today. We're going to know what the caps are going to look like anyway, so stay close to your news sources today. A lot could be going down later on. As far as the division race is concerned, around the Mass Mutual East on Sunday, the Flyers a step back. It may not be a death knell, but boy, they got a long fight uphill now with games in hand that Boston still possesses. The Flyers blowing a 2 nothing lead after one yesterday afternoon. They lose to Buffalo 5-3. to We noted on the game broadcasts on Friday, Ben, that the Sabres have been playing better. But if you're Philadelphia, you got to win that game. They don't. And now 
their playoff hopes are on life support. Yeah, Buffalo 4-2-2 two two in their last eight. So, yeah, a little bit of a tougher out of late. That being said, if you're Philadelphia, you're at home. You have the leads that you did, and they led going into the third period at home against the Sabres. You got to put that away. You got to take advantage of that and, and pick up two points. And a missed opportunity for Philly on a day when the Rangers lost, granted in overtime, but a day when the Boston Bruins lost as well. It was an opportunity for Philadelphia to make up some ground, close the gap, and they failed to do so, and missing out on an opportunity on home ice against Buffalo. 15 games to go for the Flyers, 17 for the Bruins. So the four-point spread, a little bigger than it appears. But Flyers, of course, going to be at Capital One Arena on Tuesday. Uh, the Islanders, they need overtime, but they down the Rangers 3-2. to two. Ryan Pulak, the shorthanded game-winning goal there. The Penguins last night beat the Devils 5-2. to two. Colton Sevier, two goals. Brian Russ, goal number 17 in the winning effort for the Pens. Tonight in the East, All teams are idle. Everything quiet. So the standings on this Monday morning are like this. The Capitals with 58 points. Islanders at 58. Pittsburgh, two back at 56. And while we're talking about trade deadline stuff, late last night, Ben, and it didn't take long. We've been talking about this for weeks. We knew that Brian Burke and Ron Hextall were going to make a move, and they have made one, and it is a big one. They have brought Jeff Carter in from Los Angeles. My goodness, Penguins are going for it. And that's a big boy in Jeff Carter as well. Has shown a knack, of course, over the course of his career to find the back of the net. The offensive productivity maybe going down a little bit the past few years with his age, but certainly a veteran there, a veteran presence. A guy GM Ron Hextall would be plenty familiar with from their time together with the LA Kings, a Stanley Cup champion, a two-time Stanley Cup champion from his time with the LA Kings, proven playoff performer as well. And some some truculence and a big body, just as Ron Hextall and Brian Burke had said over the past few weeks, they were in the market for, they get one. We'll see if there's anything else in store for the Pittsburgh Penguins who continued to chug along despite their dealing with the injury bug. The forward group for Pittsburgh, very banged up of late. They've been without Malkin, Kasperi Kapanen, Teddy Bluger as well for a little bit. And now they do add Jeff Carter in the form of a trade. Bob McKenzie breaking that last night. So all in for the Pittsburgh Penguins here and no real surprise in that capacity. Yeah, the Kings retaining some salary on Carter, a couple of conditional draft picks from Pittsburgh. We won't bore you with all the details, but the fact that Jeff Carter is going. And Ben, to that end, I mean, we talked about this with the Islanders and we talked about it now with Pittsburgh. This is a team in Washington and is watching all other contenders building up here. And now that Pittsburgh has done this and the Islanders did what they did, uh, there's going to be a little pressure today to make sure you're keeping up with the Joneses a little bit. There is. I I think the counter argument to that is that the Capitals right now, I really believe they're, they're a well-constructed team. Again, when we talk about a center depth, a depth forward that they could be in the market for it's a luxury. You're going down the depth chart there. They spent up to the cap. This season, what Brian McClellan and management did in in building this team in the offseason, you look at the big night Connor Sherry had last night, for example, you know, the offseason acquisitions have fit in nicely. It's a well-constructed team. If you can add another piece or two to to really, you feel, put you over the top, put you in position for that deep playoff run, you go for it. But if they ultimately have to stand pat, if the asking prices are too high out there, I think there's a pretty formidable club the way it's built now. If you can add a piece or two, sure. But if not, uh, I don't think there's any real glaring hole on this team and it'll just be interesting ultimately to see how the goaltending holds up should they go on a deep postseason run so carter to pittsburgh the penguins two back in the division boston you got to drop down eight points beyond the penguins to fourth the bruins losing last night of course to the caps 48 flyers at 44 rangers at 44 so a big day on the trade front 
Stay tuned throughout the day, and let's see what happens. Trade deadline day. Caps Flyers coming up tomorrow at 7. Coverage beginning at 4 o'clock with Caps Game Day. Network air, of course, at 6.45. Have a great trade deadline Monday, Ben. Happy trade deadline Monday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.